Hey y'all, how's it going? So this is an outtake to an episode that we had with Leslie Lee III and Will Menneker. And we were having a bunch of trouble with Will Menneker's audio. So we weren't able to hear half of what he was saying. But it turns out that all of it actually recorded. We just couldn't hear it. So we think there's enough here for an actual outtake episode. The only warning is that because he kept cutting out and we couldn't hear him, there are times where it'll seem like we're just cutting him off and we're not cutting him off to be rude or we apologize if he seems to have an interesting point that he's about to get to. And we just seem to be cutting him off arbitrarily. It's not on purpose. It's because he his audio would just keep dropping off. So we would either think we couldn't, he was finished talking or we were just trying to kind of roll with the punches and make it sound smooth. But it ended up becoming just too impractical to keep doing. We were just losing huge chunks of his audio. But there's enough interesting insights up in here that I thought it might be worth keeping as an outtake episode. We ended up redoing the the episode and doing it properly. So I'm putting it up in here. Uh, be patient with it. If it seems like we're cutting people off a lot, it's because we're trying to disguise the audio issues that we're having and roll with, roll with the punches. So a lot of what you're going to hear being said by Will Menninger, we actually weren't able to hear and we're trying to improvise on the fly to compensate for that. And with that in mind, please enjoy this outtake episode regarding Lovecraft Country and go to patreon.com to find the proper redone version of this episode. All right, take care. Enjoy. So yeah, that's why I get into the show. So this is about uh, Lovecraft Country and we have two guests because uh, Ken and I were kind of not feeling the show. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that I'm not a fan of the show. What I will say is I think what happened is it got too predictable. That's fair. That's that, fair. That, that, and that made me bored. I got really bored. It became real hacky, real predictable. And I was like, oh, okay, I know where this is going. So <laughs> I, was after, like, I was like, I'm, I'm not a fan of the show. It's just really hacky and predictable. Yeah, it's just kind of hacky and predictable. But no, no, because I can see why other people like it. Like, I can see why. Oh, okay, that's fair. Someone, I can see why someone that, I'm 39 years old, so I grew up on a lot of stuff, like sci-fi stuff. Like me and you were talking a couple days ago about that movie. Oh, no, it was me and Mario talking about the movie um, In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, classic. And I see a guys, lot of oh, yeah. that yeah, in yeah. the show. Oh, yeah. Leslie and I are yeah, old, uh, we old hands. Our, our mouths are full of madness. Yeah, so uh, I'll let the guests introduce our, themselves. I'll go in alphabetical order. We have Leslie Lee the third. Hey, how's hey it going? Leslie Lee of uh, third of Struggle Session, patreon.com slash struggle session. We are doing a week-to-week watch-along series about Lovecraft Country. So if you aren't like these, you know, judgmental SJWs and actually enjoy the show, um, come over to patreon.com slash struggle session and watch it with me. I think this show has made me reactionary. I think I'm coming at it from a different. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do a George show with like the quartering or something, and, and yeah, yeah, it's driven me to the other direction. Uh, and then uh, we also have with us Will Menneker. Hello, good to be here. Yeah. Uh, right, right. I feel like uh, Leslie and I are well matched here because I feel like we are um, uh, sort of uh, equally learned in our in our um, imbibing of the, the Lovecraft mythos and, and and just general canon of uh, his work. Um, but but the Divided on um, the uh, uh, is is it fun to watch this show? Yeah, of, of which I'm coming down I, on. I, I, no. I can definitely see you know for you know before we get into it, it's like this show is based on a book that has absolutely nothing to do whatsoever with Lovecraft. So I can understand why horror fans or people are looking for it, or people who are familiar with In the Mouths of Madness might watch this show and be found wanting. But I would say if you actually had put yourself to reading 400 pages of the okay but absolutely not scary in any way book you would be happy to just get like a few vampire dogs in the tv show as i am like in this thing i can agree if you just want to see monsters here and there I can kind of see that, but a problem I have with the show, right? Like to me, if I'm going to watch like some kind of science fiction or scary uh, attempt at horror or whatever, there's certain crimes I can see being forgivable. Like I can see, oh, this is too gruesome. This is too misanthropic. This is too 
hacky and obvious, but the one crime I feel in a show with vampire dogs, zombies, and ghosts, and all this stuff is that it shouldn't be boring. It shouldn't be possible to be boring. And somehow, this show to me was just really boring. Even when monsters are on the screen and crazy stuff is happening, I somehow just found myself being bored a lot. And that was kind of, it was almost an accomplishment to me to be boring with all this crazy stuff on the screen. And I couldn't figure out if it was just me. So I want to ask you guys about uh, if anyone else actually was kind of like bored or that was just me. No, that I was bored too. I was bored. The, I text T when the first episode because I think T, you had already seen it. No, or Mario. One of you guys had already seen it. No, no, no. Mario recommended I saw it last out of the two. Yeah, you saw it last. And I watched the first episode. And I'm not making this up. I was sitting on my couch and I was watching and I'm not lying. It was I was probably 35 minutes in and I text you guys and I was like, dude, this is bullshit. Like yeah. this is this is boring. The first and episode the, is boring. I it's would very agree boring. With that. It wasn't I, until they got to that other town, then it started kicking up a little bit. But I was like, dude, I don't even know what the hell I just watched. I wasn't even bored during the lulls. Like I was bored like during like people getting killed. <laughs> monsters. I was I was bored out my mind. Yeah, the first episode is definitely boring. I I will not defend the first episode. For me, like uh, a problem with it is that it seemed like um, it was a, a very weird mi- mix of tones. Like they couldn't really, I, I couldn't quite get the feeling whether they were deciding on whether this is going to be a scary show, a sort of semi-funny show, a sort of a little bit like uh, tongue-in-cheek at times, a little bit like heartwarming. It was just like, it was a very uh, sort of whiplash of uh, competing tones and like uh, sort of textures and genres. The non-horror stuff to me felt like Spike Lee at his most at his most sentimental meets Joss Whedon. <laughs> the parts that weren't like horrid stuff, like you know, like like you know, uh, Spike Lee puts some of his respectability politics in there, and there's like head, there's like nods to like historical figures, and but then the Joss Whedon stuff would come in through stuff like, uh, yeah, remember when we were uh, members of the Junior Society of Futurists? I'm like, who talks like that in the South Side of Chicago in the fifties? Like that's just such a okay. That's uh, that's the book's fault. That's that's the book's fault because the book so the characters from the book are supposed to be this black family who are all sci-fi nerds and like upper middle class upperly mobile like uh black folk who are you know they do they do the green book basically they run a travel agency and they're just like these these very particular uh people that don't seem or sound black whatsoever and that's kind of the original sin from the book because it is written by a white guy just like a young white guy who is trying to come up with like a new i new version of the x-files and his idea was you know what if we you know you know came up with this adventure like he heard about the green book and was like then like wrote this book kind of the same way that uh damon lindelof heard about the tulsa riots and then was like okay i'll make watchmen about the tulsa riot a problem that created for me right and i'm glad you said that because when i was watching it i was like everything black in here is like none of it is the deep cuts everything is just it's all the cro- <laughs> they're just crowbarred in there thrown yeah, in yeah. there it's all crowbarred in there but it's all like obvious stuff like an npr white guy would know like like it's yes. not like like with, if you made no effort to really learn about anything black outside of listening to npr and reading vox and slate articles this would be the exact depth of black knowledge you would have like jackie robinson james baldwin gordon parks everything is just very surface level um the use of the jefferson's theme song and the beginning yes, of the episode yes. two. Theme song all the um, pop culture was like i, 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 clocked, I clocked a joke in episode two about how uh, white people don't season their food and i was just like "Ooh, that's a scorcher that's a yeah. <laughs> straight off twitter yeah yeah, yeah exactly it was, it was like written by twitter yeah yeah it was written, and, and that's the that's the that's this is another show amongst a lot of shows who they get a lot of their i don't want to say their storylines but they get a lot of their um let's just, let's just say vibe they get a lot of their vibe from twitter yeah and, and you want you want what's funny about this show uh remember there was a tweet i forgot it was trump related but somebody tweeted uh they said i was working on this story for uh months and oh they just, just tweeted t- that out he just yeah, tweeted he just it tweeted, out he, he just tweeted it out 
uh, Ken and I were discussing the show via text for like a while, and we thought we were just knocking it out of the park as far as figuring out what the creators uh, were doing. We're like, okay, this show is just written for white critics at like um, big websites and black Twitter. And Ken and I kept going on and on. And then I found out there was an official companion um podcast uh with with uh, one of the writers for the show and some black writer about the show so i started listening to it and then in the very first episode among other things like the writer for the show is like you know if we get the critics and black twitter on our side we won and i was like oh my god like all this insight i thought i was yeah, we were yeah we were just to. we were just joking we were just bullshitting we yeah, didn't yeah. we didn't <laughs> they just they made it they made all the subtext that we thought we figured out just text so then i stopped listening because i'm like this is just ruining all the fun like yeah so they explicitly said literally um yeah we're making this show for the critics and black twitter she, that's exactly what the writer of the podcast um but um, I'm, I'm interested just in, in leslie's perspective because i know that uh, leslie and i have uh, have talked before about the other like sort of hbo show of recent note along these lines uh watchmen which uh w- was brought up before which is like i i think sort of had done in a similar cast and, and leslie i'm just wondering like uh what 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 works about lovecraft country for you that like whereas watchmen uh, totally didn't yeah first of all they're first of all they are not adapting uh the best thing in the medium that you know in its original medium you know they're not changing they're not trying to do an adaptation of something that was very well done very well regarded with like these sort of slapdash ideas coming from a damon lindelof like they're like misha green knows how to write a like effective tv show that works that has you know plot that moves forward that has characters you kind of have interest in so i think just on the basic craft level it's much more like workmanlike when as opposed to Watchmen, where Damon Lindelof thought he was like creating the fucking Bible or something. Right. Like he, like he was just, he was so pretentious about it and thought he has all these big ideas where this show is like very, you know, wears his heart on his sleeves. Like, okay, this is for, right. you know, people who like prestige TV and black Twitter. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some blood. We're going to have some gore. Like, it seems like a much more fun show, like genuinely just, fun. And it's just also Watchmen. like uh, based on the source material not being um, the commanding heights of Alan Moore's Watchmen. Yeah. It's sort of a little bit like they're playing a little bit more with house money in that they can have a little bit, be a little bit more goofy or, or like not, not have everything. So, so weighted with, um, the present moment but i mean i don't know I, I i felt like when i was watching it it was just like i could i could i could see the writers typing as i was watching it which is never a good sign and i just i, I felt it was like everything was so heavily invested in like the present moment yeah, right now and that, just sort of commenting on it pro- but. i think that's the problem with the book is a problem with the show it's a problem with like tv right now like 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 handmaid's tale same shit you know like oh god yeah yeah it, like oh it's, man it's, don't, don't get me started on that show yeah Talk so about it, fucking pulling teeth watching that shit yeah so it's kind of all like the same thing and i just like at least with this show it's like i can get like you know the ghost of herbert west in a haunted house and it and like some you know kind of creepy like baby monsters giant baby monsters vampire dogs you know some cool rituals some you know journey smollett with a baseball bat at least if they're they do you know all the crap i hate about watchmen they do a lot of that but at least you know outside of that it's mostly for me like a fun kind of sometimes scary horror show that I don't really have to take as seriously and just I'm just so happy people aren't taking this show so as seriously as they did uh, Watchmen even though it's the show that's actually made by black people I think people are taking it seriously but in a different way like one thing I give Misha Green uh, credit on is she definitely is not in love with her own farts she does not she does not think like she is some kind of born again genius that is um uh if anything like i I felt like some of damon damon lindelof's um interviews made it seem like he was it had the same tone that ryan johnson's kind of did in in reference to lucas like uh i'm fixing the stuff that um 
yeah he said he was more, more screwed up yeah <laughs> he, he yeah. said he was making it less you know the women in the original watchmen weren't you know well represented and so he did his show where he has laurie first of all turned into like a horrific like shrew trope and then also has her carry around a giant blue dildo uh representing her former boyfriend that she has not gotten over even though the entire watchman book was about her leaving him and yep. then uh sleeps with her uh <laughs> subordinate um immediately after that when the giant blue dildo doesn't work out for her this is kind of an aside but i feel like that's a very gen x writer thing to do like i was kind of looking back about all these kind of smug superior type of writers across disciplines that we had that kind of think i figured all this out that the person i'm ripping off um did it. And that, <laughs> yeah that didn't even though i have absolutely no original ideas like, outside of remixing this person's work yeah grant um, morrison but, is another one of those people by the way grant <laughs> morrison mark mark Millar, mark millar uh brian bendis uh ryan johnson i think is is that in movies um and i think damon lindelof is that too and, and i don't know when i noticed it but it's a definite gen x thing is he's Gen X writers, uh, I don't want to, I don't know if it's a white Gen X writer thing. I'm trying to think of black Gen X writers, but there's so few that I can't really extrapolate across uh, races. But I do know, particularly with this certain type of white Gen X writer, there is just this unearned uh, superiority and like cashing in and living off these other people's creations while also thumbing your nose at how you're uh, subverting and making it better and you're really and you're really not like at the end of the day when you look back at a lot of grant morrison and mark millar mark millars and ryan johnson's stuff it actually is less forward thinking uh than the stuff they're trying to um and succeeding in getting whatever accolades I, for whenever uh, i think of mark yeah. whenever i think of mark millar i think of the end of uh uh the wanted comic where it's like the main character telling you the reader that he's fucking you in the ass and just like there's nothing you can do about it that's that's how i view mark millar's fucking uh, uh frame of reference <laughs> that is the perfect summation of uh mark millar's like uh smug unearned se sense of uh superiority uh do you know how bad the comic of uh wanted was uh for me that was the first comic i ever read where i think i forget how many issues the miniseries was but i read like the first everything but the last the last issue and oh, i God. just couldn't buy the last <laughs> issue I, I was like the sunk cost oh, well, you, well, well you missed you missed the wonderful denouement of the entire series <laughs> which is um, him, him violently sodomizing the uh the, his own readers <laughs> oh my god um but i should have done this at the top of the uh show but the reason i had you guys on here and uh kenny um i don't think i told you this but i think you guys did an episode of struggle session about lovecraft right didn't you guys actually uh, yeah touch yeah on well we touched on look we talked actually we talked about uh with, with will we talked talked about alan moore's <laughs> Um, Neonomicon and his uh, comic books that were based on HP uh, uh, Lovecraft and we talked a bit about uh, Lovecraft and uh, his horror as well we've done a, f a few episodes about him yeah because uh, Kenny I uh, Mario as well none of us have read Lovecraft so I was like I feel like we should have somebody on the show to uh, who actually knows about Lovecraft to talk about uh, because we were talking about it from a racial angle and we were like this is all just very basic we don't want to scare the white people black references like like it was treating black history like comic book easter eggs and it was getting on my nerves but i was like maybe it's better on the lovecraft side of things and since we don't know anything about the lovecraft side and then i remember the struggle oh, session episode <laughs> and i was like oh wait will and well, leslie know about lovecraft well you want to yeah, break so, the news yeah, Leslie, you wanna go ahead? Uh, all right i'll break the news some. okay oh so. yeah yeah no well i mean yeah go for it you tell him yeah so all right so first of all book absolutely positively nothing to do with lovecraft i cannot express this in terms strong enough the only reference to lovecraft in the book whether we're talking thematically or even the ideas gen 
Lovecraft or even cosmic horror is basically the rep the fact that the main character had read Lovecraft and his father shamed him because Lovecraft was racist for reading him. That's it. That's it. There's no other connection to it. Now the show attempts to bring in more Lovecraftian stuff. It makes like in the book the magic is very low level and not really that powerful. In the book it tries to like there's like robes and you know, portals. I guess there's portals in the book but not till later but there's more of that stuff in the show where there's more mysticism and magic and there's more big beast and creatures but still ultimately the show is not really it doesn't really capture the spirit of Lovecraft even though it has a little bit more references to it because like this, the opening scene where um, Atticus is saved from Cthulhu by Jackie Robinson taking a swing at him is like I know that was a J.J. Abrams scene he produced the show too and that's just like the ultimate misunderstanding of what makes you know Lovecraft interesting like if you were a Lovecraft fan as Atticus is supposed to be your dream is not that you have a fist, fist fight with Cthulhu your dream maybe is that you uh, join the Cthulhu cult and you know embrace that ultimate power and in this show like that's the exact opposite of what the family does like they're like they don't want to embrace this power that they've been exposed to when the sh when if it was a lovecrafting show it would be about them being tempted by this power and then ultimately being destroyed by it but i don't think that's where the that's certainly not where the book heads and i don't think that's where the show is heading i think our protagonists are going to be you know stay sane happy and noble for the most part there is a little bit more like interpersonal conflict in the show they talk a little bit more about the ptsd that atticus might have in the show but they're not really like it should be like in the mouth of madness you know where you know these people are just being you know driven out of their minds the closer they get the more proximity they get uh to this power but that's not really what the show is doing if you consider sam neill's character in in the mouth of madness at the end of it you know he's in the movie theater he's out of the insane asylum and he's like the, the only thing he can do is surrender to cackling with laughter as the the totality of this cosmic horror washes over him. It's in, in Lovecraft's books and like in his stories, like the protagonists are given a glimpse. Sorry. I mean, like all, all Sam Neill can do is, uh, is, is laugh in, uh, in, in almost in, in like in cackling absurd, um, grotesquerie and a kind of, a give himself over to the kind of pleasure of madness of losing his mind, which is the consequence of being given a glimpse of this other reality. And, you know, that is the essential trope that is plays out through all of Lovecraft's work. And in this show in Lovecraft country, um, the, both in the characters and the content of it, it, it references Lovecraft only in the most uh, kind of like tedious, um, just surface level. In all but one regard, and, and this is really what like the, the show is trying to do and is the kind of hook of the show, the thing that unites the, the, the themes of the show with the themes of Lovecraft's writing is the idea of like racism in America as a thing. Because as they, you know, as, as they mentioned on the show, Lovecraft, the writer, was a psychotic racist, not just by... 2020 standards but by the standards of the time he was writing it in i mean yeah i i see the thing i actually don't think this show really captures fear of the other that's the other th that's just you saying that will made me think of a of another way the show kind of fails lovecraft is that like yeah lovecraft the racism in the in his you know, writing is usually like an explicit like fear of immigrants fear of black people in this show it's much more it's just like white hatred of black people and yeah you can make yeah an argument that one they're the same thing but it's not on film it's, it's a very different thing and it's the same thing in the book where it's just like white people just hate black people and want to kill them constantly on site that's not the type of racism that is in you know hp lovecraft it's more like oh i don't want to go around those people i wish i had a better apartment where i didn't have to see those people it's not like i need to go out and eradicate all those people that's not just it was it was lovecraft was it was communicating a fundamental alienation from humanity and and from his own like from his own self 
really that, that that manifested itself in these like metaphorical contexts of the elder races and the sort of the degeneration of human beings through breeding and i think the interesting thing that lovecraft country is doing is that it, it the one thing it is it is flipping on its head the the, the primal fear of uh miscegenation that is in lovecraft's works um because like in, in in his whole mythos it's this idea that humanity or civilization as we know it is going to be obliterated by these these older ancient beings and sort of alien forces and that are uh, literally interbreeding with human beings and just sort of degenerating mankind into a sort of lower order of being and creating a kind of second dark age. And I think you have to understand that in the context of uh, the post-World War I period he was writing in that saw the beginning of the breakup of the big European empires. And I think like the fear that he is trying to communicate in his writing is essentially about the, a fear of the end of like the white man's world. One thing, one thing I'll say about uh, what you're saying is that when I was reading about Lovecraft's, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, uh, when I was reading about Lovecraft's view on racism, it seemed very existential and it seemed yeah. very, um, about the idea because there was a lot of talk about breeding he supported uh lynching but he supported lynching mainly on grounds of miscegenation and breeding it wasn't like the honor of the south or anything else like that and there are certain types of black thinkers that i think were very good at tapping into um the idea of uh white ex existential um fears as a motivator for the racism in a very primal way uh two of them for example are like uh, francis crest welsing and there's someone else called neely fuller jr that we talk about a lot in the show where they're like you know it's bigger than just uh microaggressions hating black people this and that it's about like this kind of deeper thing but the problem is I feel like the white and black people making this show are both liberals who listen to a lot of NPR and read a lot of Vox. I hate to keep bringing up those reference points, but I think it's important. And this was a very Ta-Nehisi Coates type of racism. And they didn't really mesh. Like, like this is, to me, um, New York Times uh, op-ed view of, view of uh, racism, which is, I think, a little more grounded. And a little more, um, it's it, it's like that show. It, it felt like it was Gene Denby and Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, advising on this, which is not inherently a bad thing. But I think it fails. It kind of renders it kind of mundane to a, to a degree. Like for example, the sheriff chasing them out of town, the sundown town. It's a kind of commentary on racial terrorism and cruelty that I don't think really touches onto the deeper existential primal fears that kind of infuse a lot of these people's racist uh ideas yeah it's not even like it's not even a commentary it's just a reference that scene is actually straight from the book it's just like this guy heard about sundown towns and he he came up with a scenario where someone is chased literally straight across you know the county line and somebody takes and the cop takes a pot shot at him i don't really see anything deeper like to that that's just like an action scene where the bad guy chases the the good guy and that those scenes happen they, they have like two or three of those scenes uh in the first episode and some of the least interesting stuff in the book or i think the tv show where they're just dealing with you know random racist like mooks just you know if this were you know a tv show that came out like sometime after september 11 it's strange like we change we switched out our like racist stereotypical villain which were you know russians or after 9 11 it was random muslims and now like our stereotypical villains are like white racists now and that, that's kind of how it's used in the they're show. also just racist to be racist like they just like to hate yeah they exactly exactly yeah exactly just like the terrorists just terrorize just to terrorize you know just like the russians you know you know want to invade just to, just because that's who the ruskies and the communists were like these races are just racist because they're racist and that's it um, like the the scene in the first episode with the uh, I mean they're they're run out of that one town 
and then like the, the the sort of like the the climax before the monsters come out is when they reach uh, Artem, Massachusetts, and the uh, the the sheriff is going to like go take them into the woods and execute them because they were you know out and about past seven o'clock. Was I the only one who? This is supposed to be like a New England town, and for some reason, did I? I just got like a, the sense that the sheriff character was like still talking like he was from the south. I don't know about Ken. Uh, Ken, I don't know what your sense of this was, but I watched it a second time before we watched uh today and i actually missed that they weren't in the south uh, yeah the a lot I of thought people they were thought in the they, south. a lot of people thought they were in the south yeah yeah no no ken i only caught this a second time they're in uh <laughs> they're in the wing the wingland that makes it even worse <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like everything is so broad and every like like there's a lot of writing today that has this tendency and i think this show does it too where this happened that's that's a level of insight they have to say about anything. Well then, uh, well then, this I, happened I look at it, and I know it happened. Which, well, which well, like look, look at it like this, and this is why I said what I said about the show, and I compared it to In the Mouth of Madness because In the Mouth of Madness, they're stuck in that book, they just don't know it. So it's almost like in Lovecraft, they think that they're in the United States, but they're really in quote unquote Lovecraft country. Oh, that would be so much more interesting. Just yeah, yeah that would be I'm, so maybe I'm much thinking too much. I'm thinking too hard, and you know, so it's like. Maybe they are in New England, but because it's Lovecraft, all this stuff is just happening. But I know that that's not what they're doing. And that's unfortunate. That's very unfortunate because that would be a better plot than lying. <laughs> I mean, because I swear I thought they were in the South. Even when they went to yeah, that, little so town, that little town and they got chased out, I thought they were in the South. Or, or at least if they try to make some kind of explicit commentary, like people um, always stereotype the South as racist, but there was a lot of Northern racism going on. And here's an example of how it happened. But instead, they just, they weren't really trying to make that commentary. When I was watching it the second time and I really picked up the geography of everything, I thought, okay, maybe they're trying to make this commentary. But no, they just pretty much made the North into the South. I think that's the only way they could imagine uh, racism. Yeah. I think I think maybe the guy can't really imagine um, and the, and the, the the entire idea of how they're like trying to beat the clock to get to the county line. It was Dude, way too literal. They, look, look, if, if these these are racist white supremacist cops, they don't give a damn. If you get to <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Line. And I get <laughs> like, it. It makes sense because it's a show. It's and they you know got to make it interesting. But to to do that when there's just got a blockade on the other side of the train track is kind of stupid. Yeah, and it made me feel like what either Willow Leslie said. I forget which one you said it, but you were saying like he read about a thing. Like you know, I think that he's read oh that's sundown towns and he just said oh so that means when it was literally sundown like he just kind of because he didn't really want to do the research he, he just said oh so that must mean they must have uh timed it to the wire you know what i mean like uh and that kind of annoyed me that they made it but i get what they were doing i was trying to be forgiving it was i'm like they're trying to inf infuse some it's an adventure yeah it's an exciting yeah. scene in theory but it's also a very stupid one like is like it's a bad concept but it, like it could it could work yeah yeah it, it could work but here's what i think the problem is and this is something that i think i need you guys as people who have read lovecraft to explain to me because i was trying to read about lovecraft secondhand what what i was reading was that a lot of it is about anticipation and, and we'll echo this too about this kind of uh existential threat and he was not afraid to let you sit in the cut of um the the terror or the anticipation like it wasn't really about it wasn't like a steven spielberg or george lucas thing where it's like uh here's some suspense um there's a there's a train coming and like this is a very certain type of steven spielberg george lucas type of suspense like when uh the the dinosaur is uh, in jurassic park is gonna push the kids over the cliff you know what i mean or oh yeah there's and, 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 yeah there's there's almost none of that in in, in lovecraft yeah and this thing and this thing i felt did not let anything sit and become a sense of dread everything just kind of turned into uh steven Spiel spielberg george lucas indiana jones yeah. type of thing yeah or, I, you, know, you know indiana jones temple of doom where they're they're on that track and there's a what is that thing called where they're in not box cars but you know like yeah 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 mining cars remember that scene where they're like running from the bad guys that's what it felt like that scene in the diner was i felt like from what i read about lovecraft that sitting in the diner part would have really been kind of drawn out infused with terror but 
in this thing, they're in the diner for like 30 seconds, and it's like, let's run. They hop into the car, and it turns into the mining car scene from uh, uh, Indiana Jones, where like the, the people are shooting at them, and they're shooting back, and I'm like, okay, this is very kind of literal and action movie-esque. The thing with Lovecraft, like the, the word that, that captures um, like what his, his writing communicates in the horror sense is dread. It's, it's a sense of, of sort of indescribable, unnameable unease and alienation. Rather and than racism, anything, and racism is a great topic for that. Exactly, and, and, and exactly, and like I think it would be really interesting to like both confront head on the racism of the source material, but also to communicate that same sense of sort of unnameable. You you know it's there, but you can't quite describe it, or like it's just it's always sort of on the periphery of your consciousness. Rather than in this show where it's like every you know every white person they encounter is just sort of like a you know like a like a fucking like a, you know setting the dogs on you essentially. Yeah, no one gets there and not being able to describe it is a perfect way to describe what racism is like yeah. 80% of the time. Like only a fraction of the time does it get to the point where it explodes into car chases and shootings and and gunfights and lynchings. Like 80-90% of the time it's it's that. And so in theory it could really work to use uh, Lovecraftian writing to um, explore racism but this thing is too afraid to ever sit in anything uh, too long. And, and um, Leslie I think either I will cut you off. You have to respond to something about, I think maybe the diner scene or something. Oh, just about, you know, what generally you see in Lovecraft. You don't see a lot of those action set pieces like you see in Steven Spielberg. Like the most, like if that, if it were that diner scene and Lovecraft were writing it, like 90% of the story would be like Atticus sitting in his, in his room, dreading going on the trip and recalling all the other bad things that happened to him. And, and, you know before taking a trip and he doesn't and you wouldn't really get to the violence or uh, or the action really until the very uh very end of the story it's really like a slow burn where you are talking about the alien nation you're spot on i've been saying like you could make you can write and make a story where you're tying you know the feeling of being a an oppressed person a black person in america with the same sort of alienation that every lovecraft character makes i actually you know the racism in lovecraft is like just one of the things that people are afraid of and feel alienated by and disconnected by it's one of like many 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 things and like the alienation that his characters feel are the same alienation that i feel as a black man in in america there's that's not like a big you know gap uh between the two uh the alienation that lovecraft felt in his own life that you know caused him you know to write like this also causes ignorance but also caused him to write these stories that have a universal appeal to anybody who is like feels like they are in the maws of a giant beast whether you that beast is you know white supremacy or capitalism or both i read an interview with misha green the creator and she admitted that she read some lovecraft but she didn't really like it because she knew he was racist which i'm like okay that's once you're the showrunner you can't do that once you're a showrunner on the show about a book based on lovecraft and you have to communicate a lot of the visuals like like whether he's racist or not you sign up for the show but i get that sense that she had a very passing acquaintance to Lovecraft and the fact that the guy himself. But what's interesting is, according to you, Leslie, it seems like she actually infused more Lovecraftian elements into the show than even the original source material author. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe it, maybe it was Jordan Peele, you know, because uh, I'm, I'm sure he's uh, he's from, uh, might be more familiar uh, with uh, Lovecraft and just like not read him because he's racist. But like somebody involved actually kind of knows a little bit a lot about Lovecraft or at least has watched some Lovecraft movies like in the third episode like in the book the racist ghost is just like this old guy who was like a wizard of some sort and you don't really and they they end up becoming you know um they end up becoming friends Letitia and the racist uh, ghost who haunts the house oh, wow. okay. um he he ends up helping uh, the family in order to get revenge on the other wizards in the show they turn that guy into basically herbert west reanimator from the reanimator 
animator films. So some, so they're trying to add in uh, more stuff, and they certainly are adding more stuff than I, the book. But I really, I am just upon sh- when I finally read the book, I was shocked that it has nothing to do with Lovecraft and doesn't try to be Lovecraftian. Doesn't even really try to be scary. It's really just like a light adventure show with like you know like these Scooby Doo type episodes where they go to the haunted house. It's racist. There's a haunted doll that's racist. They that little kid has to fight off like all this kind of well-worn shit, but with some racism thrown in. I think I think I've cracked the case on why you're better on the show than we are because I think you've read the book. So for you, you're contrasting the show more with the book, and you're looking at the ways where the show has highly improved on the book whereas i think for the rest of us this show is our introduction to the book and the show and we're not able to separate it so so for us because a lot of things that you're saying that we hate about this show you're saying come from the book so so it's like to me like i still think this is pretty bad but i noticed with you you're able to uh blame the bad stuff on the book yeah and then i isolate the show for inserting more um trying crafty and yeah putting yeah, put more yeah. effort in making things a little bit more interesting and exciting uh than the book because they really like it the book so far the show has basically followed the layout of the book but everything in between is like fundamentally changed uh and different and improved like um for example one one thing that you know, was really stood out to me as like being completely kind of white liberal ignorance in the book is that when Letitia gets her money, the first thing she does is become a landlord. And we're in the book, we're supposed to be like excited about this and like, oh, she's like the first black landlord in this neighborhood. And we're supposed to root for her to, you know, stay in this neighborhood and become a landlord and get money off of that. In the show, they explicit language like oh she's just starting a boarding house for people who need it because they can't afford to live in other places they really change it up to try and make her look like a better person not just a scumbag landlord but but i also think the landlord thing is kind of funny in that context because somebody could say it was hard for black people to find a place i i think it's kind of hard to well the book doesn't mention that at all the book just does not mention that that at all it just like glosses over that it's just like like the problem is like her getting in there it's not that other people needed these homes it's like oh i am a woman i have money i i uh, i I mean i have a right to buy property and rent it out like anyone else that's the main thing that the racism stops the book the people in the book from doing is rarely a life or death threat is usually a threat to them being ha- able to have, like promote their bit do their jobs or get at further access to capital like the yeah yeah like it, like the their like their main issues are like um the book uh being a being stopped by the police when they're trying to do the guidebook so when they get this magic spell this ult the, these powers what they ultimately use it to do is to make it so they they don't get pulled over while they're working you know like it's not it's really like a kind of a low concept thing like if black people actually got lovecraftian powers we would do do so much cooler shit than like like just not getting pulled over but the book doesn't really have any kind of ambitions the show i i don't really think has you know really high ambitions but they're trying a little bit more than the book to be a little bit more interesting more creative uh with um how the you know the story plays out I think another interesting thing that that's in in the show that touches on on Lovecraft's work is, like I said, like the the, the early episodes, and I think going forward, like the, much of the plot hinges on the fact that Atticus is distantly related to this this family of um, just sort of like blonde hair, blue eyed, old New England wizards. And like the the sons of Adam, this sort of this this occultish order of power, money, and magic. Oh, uh, Whereas in um, sons of Adam, yeah, that, that he is distantly related to this occultish sect of like uh, the, the, this rich New England family. And in in Lovecraft's 
book and his stories, like the end, the ending of many of his stories is the revelation of the protagonist finding out that they are related to, or like in their family tree are touched by some sort of like otherworldly horror or this like almost other like species, this other order of, of being and of men. And like, I, you know, if, if Lovecraft, the author were writing the show, I mean, obviously the protagonist would be white. And if it wanted to deal with race, then the horrific thing would be them finding out that like, you know, distant in their family tree, that they are connected to uh, like a, a, a black family or through intermarriage or inter, uh, you know, uh, through miscegenation or, you know, through uh, intercourse or whatever. Uh, whereas on this show, like the, the horror is finding out that you're related to this, you know, this family of insane, rich white people. Yeah, but I think a big problem in the show is it never takes time. And this is a problem, I think, of writing for Twitter and for um, social media adult critics. Because even the critics that they're writing for are critics who write for Twitter. So at the end of the day, even writing for the critics ends up writing, being writing for Twitter. Um, I'm talking about the type of critics that think that um, Watchmen is like incredible, right? Is that nothing gets unpacked. Everything is just about this is the thread of the day, uh, but, you know, in in a film form. So I feel like that could have been an interesting idea, but the Wizards just get wiped off the playing board. Boom. And then they move to the, to the ghosts. And then the witches kind of come back again, but it's kind of almost like a soft reset. Like, uh, okay, uh, we're kind of getting back to the original plot, but they just leave so much on the table over and over because they're just trying to touch on X, Y, and Z. And I think there's still a lot of stuff that I think Misha Green can get blamed for because even though I haven't read the book and I don't know what she added and what she didn't, there's a lot of things in there that I think are so clearly inserted there by a blue check black person like you know that i just feel like it like there's a lot of white liberal sensibilities but there's also a lot of black liberal sensibilities and one of them is the whole they put little things in there that i think are just so modern twitter social justice like for example the whole thing where she's saying the names of the ghosts to uh, fight off the racist yeah uh, ken and i were watching that and that's like such a oh you're censoring the ghosts you're saying their names you, you know that's very much how um, these modern like blue check writers and activists think correcting injustice works. It's not about material conditions or anything. It's about making sure the right people get censored and their names are are said. And there's like a lot of heavy handed kind of things like that, like images that are like about the ancestors or about what are some other examples? This, this, Ken, can you think of some other examples that just seem way too much on the respectability politics? Well, um, the, the Emmett Till thing. Yeah, that's that's a good one. But 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 it's like you guys it's just like you guys were saying. Like it's turned into this Twitter white liberal kind of thing where they don't want to give you the the nuances of how racism white supremacy works. It's the extreme. They're just here to kill everybody. The white people are racist and they're here to kill everybody. It's not about the nuances like who was it that Leslie that was talk, saying it or Will where they were talking about how they're trying to keep you from jobs. They're trying to keep you from yeah. buying homes. That's that's the racism that people have dealt with since forever. Since Reconstruction is your ability to be able to lift, as they say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Your, your, your ability to be able to do those things have been taken from you. Now, are there bl- black people being murdered and assassinated by racist white supremacist ku klux klan absolutely are there convict leasing camps absolutely but that's not all it is but when you look at twitter and you look at the way a lot of these new age people are thinking i don't want to say sjw's but the way these people look at politics and the way they look at racial politics there is no gray area with these people it's either white or black and it's like dude you're not going to learn anything by just seeing that what it does is and something that me and t and mario was talking about what it does is it makes racism seem fake like when you turn these it's like turning these people into monsters like don't turn them into monsters that's not real see you know what i'm saying so when the cop the cop got bit by the cop got bit by the alien or the monster when they were inside the cabin he turns into a monster like no 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 because you're now you're making racism seem like comic book stuff no this is real yeah see that's that's where like there there's a problem with just this idea of like trying to do like these genre shows that also reference like specific incidents 
instances of yes. racism. If it yes. were more a general thing where you just had a racist, you know, secret cult, right? And they weren't trying to make reference direct references, it would probably work a little bit better, you know, if it if it weren't trying to reference like, you know, Emmett Till, Sundown Towns yeah. and all of it in, in one Jackie episode. Robinson. And or yeah, yeah I, I didn't see why so I go on, go on, finish. Oh yeah, there were and there was another one like there was a like a riot where like black people moved in and they burned uh burned it down. Tulsa was is referenced in in the book. Like they they just put in all these real life references instead of saying, Okay, why don't we just make the villains racist maybe or like have a general or, or just take place in the real world where racism and segregation exists as it did in the real world instead of like the greatest hits of Jim Crow, like in every yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I'm glad you said like the greatest hits of Jim Crow because that's exactly what that show is. You got Emmett Till. You got uh, racist people chasing him out of town, shooting at him. You got, I mean, all, Jackie Robinson. Like, okay, this is like a who's who of ninth grade history. That's what this is. is a who's who of ninth grade history. And if you, remember, if, you, if I'm, I'm sure all of us are out of school. If you remember a history in high school, this is pretty much what they taught you. And see, here, here's the thing. The third episode I thought was the weakest episode that could have been the best. They had the potential there like the like so the go the main villain is the ghost of basically what is reanimator right uh mad scientist and in the lovecraft country universe he instead of experiment just on random people he only experiment on black people right obviously a reference to like tuskegee experiments right but like before but like they they don't the word tuskegee doesn't pop up like it was so weird it's like you had that direct reference there in and it's since in central to the plot of this episode and you don't go there but you have so many other references like the Emmett Till reference had nothing to do with like the with plot anything. of the show it was just there you take that out and then just focus on like say oh and just have a scene where like they talk about Tuskegee and then that ties directly into the main villain of the actual episode like that works so much better than just dropping in these references at kind of random like actually tie if you're going to make that reference make one and tie it in a way that's you know interesting get uh, or w a well thought out and is weaved through the show you could say something about oh yes yes this you know the racist ghost doctor reanimator guy oh yeah he has a wing uh named after him at the fucking uh, uh if at the university or some shit like that you know just you could you could make these references but you can't just like just one after the other after the other you still have to tie into the actual show yeah that's something that i thought that um they dropped the ball like there's so many instances in that show where they could have made this thing great and you know i guess well i guess that's why you know the, the things that we grew up on are the things that i remember seeing like you know in the mouth of madness or um all the horror movies i grew up hellraiser uh, hell I was good just about very to say good hellraiser. very good lovecraftian yes. uh film. yes i was just about to say hellraiser and i guess that's probably why you know and we have these people that are writers but when you start paying so much attention to social media like there's a on the podcast a lot of people got mad at me because i said a lot of people don't a lot of the younger people don't create anything anymore you know especially when it comes to hip-hop culture and things like that well when i see stuff like this i'm right <laughs> like this is not very creative it has nothing to do with lovecraft i'm not familiar with lovecraft's writing but i know who he is i know what he's about and i know uh, other shows like uh, movies like the thing yeah you know what i mean things movies like that are lovecraftian movies yeah or this is nothing yeah it's channel nothing zero who is actually yeah. one of the writers where they live yeah cha cha if you haven't seen channel zero i highly recommend this is a really great uh, horror series did four seasons one of the writers is actually a, a black guy and a socialist too a, or at least a Bernie Sanders supporter I don't want to put words in his mouth but he follows me and like that show is like really strong really creepy really gets the sense of like existential dread it's a true blue horror show I really do think you know Jordan Peele and Misha Green are trying to do that and I do enjoy the show but it's not the it's certainly not the best show I've seen but uh I anyway I recommend it but it's like it's not the best thing best horror show I've seen you know it's, it's just like a, a pretty decent horror show that could be better and I think if it kept going on maybe it will get better like I I hope I, I would like to see it maybe get a second season where they can reevaluate something yeah so that's pretty much where it failed once and for all 
and we couldn't salvage it we couldn't get it to work so we gave up and we reconvened on another date to just reshoot the whole episode and i think it actually came out even better so go to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks to become a member and subscriber if you're not already and get access to that episode the redone version of the lovecraft country episode with myself ken leslie the third and will meniker uh, i think it actually came out better the second time around and i want to hear what you guys think all right peace